I love that so much. I know. Welcome to <laughs> Manifesting with Morgan and Madeline. Yes. <laughs> I know. That that song is freaking great. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we didn't really talk about that very much when we came back for season two. Um, yeah, it's a new song. Yeah, so Madeline and I actually recorded that, and I played guitar, too. And Yeah, there it is. Oh. But we just kind of wanted to do something that was true to us instead of using someone else's music, and mm-hmm. we made it happen. And I want to let that light shine. Well, and I didn't tell you this, but oh. I actually started my day this morning listening to that choir version of this little light of mine oh. that like brought me to tears at Starbucks one morning back <laughs> when I was really going through it a while ago, and. Oh. I was brought to tears again this morning for being so thankful to be out of that spot. Oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, that's great. Well, today we are going to be talking about um, embracing your truth and how that applies to manifesting. And I was going to tell you what I was listening to this morning. Oh, go for it, baby. Well, I just, <laughs> just since we're talking about you know, inspiration. Mine was Big Energy by Lotto. <laughs> Welp. <laughs> okay, that's all. Go ahead. <laughs> I wish Look I could. It up. I wish Listen I knew, it, and then but I don't yeah, know. You don't so. know. B-D-E. Okay. B-D-E. So. All right, then. That's what I'm manifesting. <laughs> Okay. All right. We're back. <clears throat> well, as you can tell, we are um our vibes have increased a bit here yeah. as of late. Um chicken or the egg is it that we're podcasting again that's making us happy or are we happy therefore we're podcasting again? Right. Anyway, so manifesting and embracing your truth. Yes. I first wanted to kind of discuss what it means to embrace your truth. Yes. Would you like to go first? Sure. Um, the thing that came up for me when when I heard that was, or read that, was the word unapologetic. Yes. So, like, embracing the truth for me, your personal truth, is just whatever that thing is that makes you want to cringe and say you're sorry for, do that thing. What do you mean? Like, I mean, obviously not like punch somebody in the face. Not that. But like the the social conditionings that we have as children that we're raised with, like be polite, don't say this, don't do that. But you know, like very closely to yourself that it's going against how you really feel to do those things. Yeah. That's your truth. Yeah. To me. So it means like release the, the need to apologize for for being who you are and expressing yourself as you are and worrying about making other people uncomfortable by just expressing yourself. Yeah. The line between that and, you know, being inconsiderate or rude or disrespectful is when you're intentionally trying to harm another person. Yes. But if what you're doing has nothing to do with harming anyone else and what it's doing is amplifying and, creating with yourself and if you're wearing like a lacy top and it, it's offensive to somebody because they can see your bra well it's like that's that's your problem not mine yeah right so like I'm not gonna apologize I mean within reason 
it's not the best example, but <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So, so just being unapologetic, like shamelessly yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I guess I agree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I I believe like embracing your truth means you have to first understand what is your truth. So yes, and to me that your personal truth is very closely tied to your purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all born unique individuals with unique interests and um, just unique things that light us up Mm -hmm. that I don't necessarily think that nature or or nurture had anything to do with. Mm -hmm. It's just the thing that makes us unique. And if we lean into that, those things that make us uniquely ourselves, Mm -hmm. there's something that unlocks and lines us with our purpose. Does that yeah. make sense? Oh, yeah, completely. Yeah, like, like if you're raised in a family of, of milk farmers and, you know, you guys eat beef and you milk cows and you have dairy, but something inside of you is like, I don't want to eat animals. Yeah. And you're terrified because you're going to be ridiculed and made fun of and put put down and you don't know how you'll be received in that culture. But that is your truth. Yeah. So it's like leaning into those things that feel, sometimes they're no big deal. Sometimes people easily accept it and, you know, you move on. There's no hiccups. But a lot of times I think. Our truth is hidden behind an obstacle. Yeah, correct. I think a lot of times it's a big truth that is important to reveal like that first, like something that feels really challenging. Yeah. To unlock that first. Yeah. To to really let it flow, you know? Yeah. To say, like, hey, I'm not going to take baby steps around this. Like, I don't want to eat animals. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, you know, do, do, well, do you understand what I'm saying? I guess it just depends on um, how much resistance is being caused by yeah. you denying that truth. Because mm-hmm. um, you could also argue, like, like, I believe that we can start paying attention to the articles we read the instagram accounts we follow the clothes we wear the jobs we pick like all the things that like like and and start paying attention to the stuff that really lights us up in this life and then make note of it and then mm-hmm. maybe have like at three to five different like underlying themes that seem to continually show up and like where we spend our money like what mm-hmm. we do with our free time like all the things mm-hmm. that we indulge in or like get us excited and then like label those, those three to five things. Yeah. And, um, I mean, you could start with baby steps too. Mm-hmm. Like once you've identified those things, like just find a little way each day to spend five minutes integrating that, that core value, that thing that lights you up. And, and so then you can start to build trust to do the coming out of the uh, vegan closet to yeah. your dairy farmer family. There's such a, like, there's such a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a theme between us. I've noticed when we cast, it's such a beautiful, like it's a yin and a yang because often you are representing the side of things that are working to create and go forward with something. You're saying like, whatever the things are that light you up, do more of those. Yeah. And often I take a stance or my mind naturally occurs to like 
take a stand against the things that don't work for you. Have you ever noticed that when we cast? It's a little bit. It's it's all like it's. I just had that moment where I realized in general. So for me, like the example rings truer, I guess. And this is the way I've been programmed, obviously. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I know very much what I don't like. Yeah. And you know very much what you do like. Yes. That makes perfect sense. So you, you really err on the side of like, I can identify what I like. Yes. And I can err on the, I err on the side of, I can, I may not know exactly what I like, but I can identify what I don't like. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important, whatever the listeners that they, whichever one of those they identify with start there. Yeah. So like, if you're more inclined to know what you don't like, then start there. If you're more inclined than you already know what you like, then start with that. Yeah. Yeah. But oh my God, I don't know why I never, like, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah, me too. Well, there's a million ways to skin a cat. Yeah. And there's no, this this world isn't black and white. Yeah. It's all shades of gray. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, so I guess to just kind of re rehash and come to an inclusion, a conclusion, like what does embracing your truth mean? It means identifying the things that light you up or the things that don't light you up so that you can back into the things that do light you up and then embracing them and integrating them into your life, trying to nourish those things. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you can add to that? Yeah. Yeah. It's helping me really see an understanding of why for me, I can, I I'm seeing this now, like, I feel very much, and I I know you can identify with this, like I was steamrolled as a child. Yes. Like I was very much told what to think, told what to do, told how to act, told how to look, told what's appropriate, told what to be like this. Yeah. And so for me, I needed to start with knowing that that wasn't right or my truth. And the only way that I was able to make space to even have a moment to catch my breath to figure out what I, what did light me up was to back away from what didn't. Yeah. And if I would not have been able to take that step back, I couldn't create the space and I I wouldn't have been able to tell you what I like because I was reacting. Yeah. So everything for me was reaction based out of rebellion or just like what I didn't want. Rather than being able to just identify that, take a step back, create space, and then in that calm, in that quiet, I can determine and understand who I am and what I like. Yeah. I wasn't ever given the freedom to to have that space. And this was not, I have amazing parents. Like, I'm not talking shit. I'm just telling you the way that they were raised, the way that I was, you know, it's just what happened. Yeah. Uh, It wasn't like intentional. It wasn't, you know, maybe it was or wasn't, but we can't dwell on that right now. But the point is... I don't think that I knew that I was even free to say what I liked or didn't like or have my own. I couldn't have my own opinion. I yeah. couldn't have my own choice. Because it was so indoctrinated into you. Right. The, but, what your parents and yeah. society and culture and yeah. your friends at school and everything. And also that I was a child. Yeah. And, to, and that in my household... And again, this is the way I translated it, but that meant I had no rights. Yeah. I wasn't an equal citizen. I had no value mm-hmm. in the f- in the structure of the family. Yeah. I didn't matter 
you're in not the way. you're not in the democracy or I a dictatorship. I had no vote. Yeah. yeah, I had no vote, and so having no vote, you know, changes your self worth because then you don't feel worthy to pursue anything that's important to you or lights you up or special to you because what's the point? Yeah. If it's not going to matter, right? So the pursuit of your truth to me is is identifying first like you said first of all starting with that like super root place of well, what does that mean for me? Yeah. What is my worth? What are my values? Where where do I find comfort and joy and then giving yourself permission to be unapologetic about those things. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and what you were just saying kind of parlays into the next subject I wanted to kind of discuss with you. And that's what happens when you don't Mm. embrace your truth. Mm -hmm. What do you think? What happens to you? What have you seen? What have you felt? (sighs) (laughs) What, what have you felt? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? I mean, like I just came out of, I just paid a huge price for not embracing my truth and, and putting blinders to kind of discarding my core values. Mm -hmm. And, and, and so I'm just trying to think of like a good story to tell or way to like illustrate the point I'm trying to make, but like the big picture take home message I learned is that, resistance is created in your life when you don't honor your truth. And by that, like you create unnecessary or I guess necessary. I don't know. You create stress, you create a void. You feel like you need to have something filled when you don't just recognize that your cup is already full. And part of what is full in that cup is that you're this unique, beautiful person on this earth that has these things that are of value in this world. And if you're denying those things, how can your cup ever be full? Mm -hmm. And, and the farther you are from the truth, the more your truth, the things that light you up, the things that are tied to your purpose, your core values, like the farther you are from those, the more suffering is caused. So, Mm -hmm. and that suffering looks like anxiety. It looks like depression. It looks like I mean any kind of physiological response Mm -hmm. it looks like you are seeking things outside of yourself to fill this void and they're always they're always failing you whether it's status or a religion or shopping or you know whatever things outside of yourself you're like scrambling to fill that void and so like when you're not embracing your truth there it creates a hole and the only way to fill that hole is to to do the things to lean into the things that that are why you're here mm-hmm. and I guess for the past the the last hard season of my life the the way that I was veering from my truth is I was overperforming I was people pleasing I was really like setting aside the things that light me up like creativity and design and um time money freedom you can't have time money freedom when you're a full-time employee working 60 80 hours a week that's the opposite and mm-hmm. I was denying myself of that because I wasn't giving my per- myself permission to be in my truth mm-hmm. does that make sense mm-hmm. and 
And I paid big consequences. I had health issues. I had depression. I had like anxiety, like all so much suffering that could have been avoided if I had just let myself see the light. And we can go down the path. We can elaborate more on like why we do deny our truth. but And how many times just realistically as people that we do have to learn the lesson. Like some of us learn it like right away. Some of us have to like learn it over and over and over. Well, so we might like, we might make a little progress yeah. and then, and, and have like an up level. And then when we ask for something bigger, then we're going to have to have bigger lessons to get us more connected mm-hmm. with our truth. Yeah. So it's, it's never over. And our truth is sometimes changing. Yes. So we have to keep up with it. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like it can change at a, at a different pace than our lives allow us to catch up with our truth queen yeah so sometimes those little rocky patches of transition are just logistics yeah it's just kind of bumping you shoving you along yeah it's like me in my fancy bathroom (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i'm gonna have to like take baths and old bathtubs for a while yeah but i'm gonna get to that fancy bathtub (laughs) well so like what is please illuminate me on what happens either directly to you when you deny your truth or just in general, what do you think happens when you aren't honoring your truth? I agree with everything that you said. We kind of are comparing notes. I see that we're pretty spot on with like the anxiety, depression, you know, those things. Um, Obviously those are also mental issues and and I'm not discrediting that those things can also exist when you are in balance because they can yeah but just in general sometimes there's symptoms of this gap between yourself and your truth yeah Um, but for me something else that came up is resentment like personally I know when I'm off my truth wagon I get super angry Mm -hmm. and resentful and I don't personally struggle with jealousy now but yeah. I have in my life in like my earlier years and I think that's a symptom um so a lot of anger a lot of resentment a lot of like jealousy feelings th- those type envy um and also just being disconnected from your body so for me recently that looks like overeating mm-hmm. but it also can take a form of undereating. yep um, or just not being connected and, and, you know, scientifically we can break this down and be like, okay, well, your lectin does this and your hormones signal when you're hungry and then your hormones signal when you're full and very clearly your chemical, I, I call it your chemicals are off, Yeah, but there's an emotional and a physical state of that. Yeah. And I think they exist in tandem. And so when you're not honoring your truth, I feel like it shows up in your body. Oh, yeah. 100%. And, you know, we can see it. It's very clear. So it's like um, just not knowing when you need to sleep. You know, it's it's a it's a silly thing. I was talking to my dad about this this morning. It's it, And he, he was just like, you got to get your life together. <laughs> That's what he told me. <laughs> but it was so cute because I know he meant like good by it. And I was explaining to him, like, if I wake up at a certain time, immediately I'm, I'm tired again. But if I wake up at another time, I feel rested. And he's like, well, this is mental. And I'm like, I think he's partially right, partially wrong. Me personally, I have to honor 
this is time, money, freedom for me, 101 in my body. I have to honor that when I'm hungry, I eat. Yeah. When I'm full, I stop. Yeah. When I'm tired, I sleep. When I have to pee, I pee. Yeah. Like, I don't deny that for me, that's, it's a fundamental foundational level of just basic survival needs. Yeah. That's where I can start if I feel off balance. Yeah. So it's like, I don't do that American thing where it's like push through like sometimes to an extent, you know, but like, I'm not over exerting my natural energy reserves to do things. So when you are not being true to yourself, you start to neglect hearing those messages. That's correct. So I don't sleep when I'm tired and I'm, you know, strung out the next day from lack of sleep and bloodshot, you know, or I'm sleeping too much Mm -hmm. or I'm eating too much or I'll go all day and realize I haven't, you know, I've been on that side of it too. And I'm like, I have not had one glass of water or one bite to eat today. So when you say that you're like feeling angry or resentful Mm -hmm. or used to be jealous and, Mm -hmm. and. Who is it directed towards? Everyone. Yeah. Anyone, everyone. But it has nothing to do with anyone or everyone. It's it's a it's a fire like a pit in my stomach of energy that I'm carrying. Yeah. And the reality is I'm resentful towards myself because I I'm like, why are you doing things that you know are not what you want to do? Yeah. Yeah. The resentment's very clearly originates with me yeah but you're pointing the finger elsewhere because it's easier to look outside of yourself than inward yeah so like you could for years i did that yeah i mean it's like be resentful towards your boss for your shitty job instead of just leaving it and finding a better one you know or resentful towards your parents for not letting you do this or resentful towards your school or your teacher your boss your friends anybody (laughs) resentful towards the fashion industry because models are skinny you know like instead of just looking like being like oh well if i took better care of myself or whatever you know what i'm saying like or or and on that same thing like that's one way but also instead of carrying resentment towards in that example it's like well you know what i'm going to create a line that works for my body yeah yeah you know or i'm going to find someone who has created a line that works for my body and if it's not the status quo then that's something that is irrelevant to my truth yeah it and and if you're forcing yourself into a status quo box often that's where a lot of the suffering comes in the the disconnect correct disconnect yes and and sometimes you you are not like there are very genetically naturally thin women who may or men or people who fall into that category just by design and so there's nothing wrong with the status quo yeah i'm not putting down the status quo i'm just saying wherever your truth may lie that is what you follow Mm mm-hmm if it happens to live within there or if it happens to live outside of that box, instead of resenting the box, create your own box. Yeah. Like make your own rules. Yeah. No one is like holding your head underwater here, you know? Yeah. And you have to release fear. So fear is a huge, is the biggest blocker of truth to me. Uh-huh. A hundred percent. The because biggest, baddest monster mamma jamma ever. So, I would 
just to kind of build off of that, like, so this is a question that just came to me that, like, I didn't even write down, but, um, like, what do you think is the cause? Like, why do we deny our truth? Are you saying fear is? I think that's probably the root of all of it. Yeah. I'm afraid I won't fit in. I'm afraid I won't be accepted. I'm afraid I'll be rejected. I'm afraid I won't make money. I'm afraid I can't survive. I'm afraid I um, will have nowhere to live or, or nowhere to go. I'm afraid I won't have food to eat. I'm afraid they won't like me. Yeah. Ugh. Like, whatever. But, like, that's probably, like, the number one villain of truth is fear. Yeah. So, you know. I'm, I just, I'm just kind of like trying to still make sense of, of this past season where I really did like bury my head deep in the sand. And here I am. What were you afraid of? I was afraid of, I I think more so than anything, it was financial security. And then, but really huge, really. And truly it was probably just, on on the surface, yeah, if you're, like, un, unhappy with the job but you keep sticking around, of course finances are going to be, like, you know, a big factor. But then part another part of it was definitely, like, this deep, entrenched, codependent relationship where I was getting my value from from my job and overperforming and like running myself into the ground because I needed that love and that approval that I was getting for the first time. Like I haven't had anything as gratifying as, as the rewards I would, the approval awards I was getting from, from my last job. But then it was like killing me at the same time because Mm -hmm. I had put so much of my worth into that approval and whatever I did was never enough because people change companies change like and if if I am not constantly getting that feedback because I'm so needed by my job then I just were I'm lost you know Mm -hmm. yeah and and I had just kind of it just got a little derailed in that like category of my life where I was tying my worth to this this company and this team and I'm not blaming them it was me you oh, know yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the company and the team are all good people like it has nothing to do with that it was just you've worked your freaking ass off and I feel like what you're saying if I'm hearing you correctly to mirror back is that you just had that was the first time in your life that you felt like your title and your expertise and the work that you had put in up until um, your life's work yeah up until that point with with uh with your education and with all of the experience that you had was finally being acknowledged yeah and that had to be like really um seductive like no wonder you were seduced into that role yeah of course you would be yeah who wouldn't and in all fairness most people, and I think is actually a really necessary step on most people's journeys, and I encourage and I hope that for those who need to do that, they need to ha- take that step because I think it's really important to fill your very immediate voids to know where you stand with them. You know, like you've worked so hard to, to your, you know, to get this degree and to do this thing. So it's like, do that thing that you thought you were working for. Yes. Run into the fire, run into the fire. Yeah. And you have to do that to know 
after all of that time, if, if that's exactly where you thought you, that you would end up and want to be, or if it's like, wow, that's really helped me to clarify where I actually belong. And that's, you can apply that to relationships With as everything. well. Yeah, yeah. Anything. Um, but yeah, you really, you articulated that well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think for me, it really does kind of boil down. I agree with you to the, like the, the fear, fear thing is mm-hmm. why we deny our own truth. But to like unpack that a little more, it's like you have to look at your programming from childhood, the, like from your peers and the dominant ideologies of the culture you grew up in and your parents and whatever, like th- those can give you some hints towards why you would would not want to embrace some aspect of your truth mm-hmm. right yeah um i feel like everything just comes back to that same old thing and it, but um i but also just you know just asking yourself a really elementary question and i think it, it may start with like was i have I been allowed or, or am I allowed, you know, regardless of if you want to take the time to do that inner child work, or if you just want to start where you are, yeah, you know, you have a choice in that wherever you want to be consciously or subconsciously, but do I give myself permission now? You know, do I give, am I willing to give myself permission to say, Hey, I wasn't, I, I wasn't given permission to yeah. live my truth before this moment. Yeah. You know, we can work. I feel like that work is really important to do. Like that's part of therapy. That's part of journaling. That's part of um, hypnosis and reading and reprogramming and, you know, rewiring neurologically Mm -hmm. like our pathway. All those steps are very, very important. But I also feel like we have power in this moment to take control and say, you know what? I'm going to do all that work. Yeah. But right now, in this moment. I want to ask myself, do I give myself permission moving forward to live my truth? Yeah. Do I, do I, me, give myself permission? Yeah. Because a lot of us, like, don't. Yeah, I think that's a great first question to ask. Mm-hmm. And then the next question is, well, what is? What is my truth? Yeah. And it's going to be a process. Mm-hmm. And I mean, one of my favorite, my favorite things when I'm like, I know I'm feeling disconnected because I'm overeating, I'm not sleeping well at night, I'm having anxiety, I'm having like all the squirrels take over my brain is Mm -hmm. imagining little Morgan, little, little girl Morgan and the like trying to like lean into a memory of when I was lit up or when I was my authentic self, like as before a lot of the programming and the rewiring happened, you know? Yeah, of course. Um, and that's, that's been a really helpful thing to dig, dig into, especially when I was feeling really disconnected because I really didn't realize like what, a what a leader and a creator and I mean, I've loved Barbie since the minute I came on this earth and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. like getting to know that person that before all the, the programming and trauma and, you know, everything Mm -hmm. happened, like that's a really good feeling. And I think it's also when it comes back to, can we, I I, want to read that. um, 
I want to read this, the surrendering the expectations thing. Because what I hear you saying and what I feel like I'm saying is absolutely, unapologetically, it's okay to lean into your truth. It's okay to do what makes you happy. And I think a lot of what we're saying, too, is we weren't given permission as children to do this. Or even now. Yeah. To, we're not giving ourselves permission to do this. Mm-hmm. And one of the most, I think, core, fundamental, important lessons to learn and to know about this is in order for us to choose to accept ourselves, we also have to give acceptance to the world. Yeah. And everyone around us. Yes. And that can be very difficult. <laughs> and that's where this comes in, I believe. My cliff notes on this that come to mind is you have to give something to get something. But I don't mean that in a transactional way. And when I saw this language, it really resonated with me. And it says, surrender your expectations. Simply give, do, and create for the sake of love. You loved Barbies from the very beginning. Yeah. So you just want to play Barbies. Yeah. Because you love Barbies. Yes. Okay. I don't know what the the values are of the people around you and if that was accepted or not accepted. But like in a family that maybe values uh, scholars and academics, maybe the little boy who wants to play with Barbies is not a core value of that family. Yeah. And maybe his or her truth at that time is beauty or, or fashion or, you know, dressing up. Yeah. And so it's like, wait a second. In order for me to want to choose, before I can learn, before I can accept my truth in myself, I have to be willing to accept it in everyone else. Yeah. That's like really important. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if a person's values are not yours, you don't have to, you don't have to take time with them. You don't have to be in relationship with them, but you have to be willing to respect them. Well, I think, I think part of doing this work though kind of helps you have more grace for others and acceptance for others, you know? Of course. It's tandem to me that in order for one energy to exist, the other must also. Yeah. But just at times, especially with resentment for me, I've found that I want to be accepted, but I'm not, or I want to be loved. I want to be seen. I want to be heard. But I had to check myself at times. I, I wasn't willing to give that. Yes. In my life. Yeah. I wasn't willing to see other people, hear other people, accept other people, love other people. Yeah. And therefore, the un- that was a huge block. And I would sit back and I would say, why? Why doesn't anybody understand me? It's like, then, well, Madeline, what are you doing to understand them? Love it. You know? Yeah. What are you doing? Where are you starting? How can you expect this river to flow if it doesn't flow both ways? So you're saying... Part of your journey to connect with your truth is to find the willingness to be accepting of others and their journey to connecting with their truth. Correct. Yeah. Uh, Love it. Correct. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take a break and let's listen to this awesome interview. Let's do it. Alrighty. Each week on Manifesting with Morgan and Madeline, we feature an interview with someone who followed their dreams and leveled up 
personally or professionally, against all odds. We share these interviews to inspire our listeners and demonstrate that anything is possible. What is your name, age, city, and profession? My name is Jessica Lackey. I am 38, almost about 39. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'm currently a business strategy consultant and coach. Awesome. So uh, would you mind sharing some of the circumstances leading up to uh, your big up level? Yes. So I am on the other side of two up levels. So I'll give you a bit of the story. Um, In 2014, I had a um, huge physical, emotional, and spiritual breakdown. I was breaking down in my, my, the office of my, of my boss while I was working in my corporate job. And I realized that something's not right here. I am not okay. So that kicked off the last six years of my journey to kind of live the life I want to live. And then in July, 2020, after I moved across the country, gotten a new job, gotten married, bought a house, um, gotten a dog. I realized that my life, I didn't want to continue living in a state of kind of keeping the trains running at my corporate job, the one I just got. And so I made a plan to leap from corporate in March of 2021. Awesome. So how exactly did you up level? So uh, through a lot of coaching. Um, So for the first, you know, for the past six years, I've been, um, working to get more in touch with who my soul is and from a blueprint perspective. So through the journey, I became a holistic nutritionist to uh, get more in touch with my kind of how I was feeling in my body. I became a life coach because I wanted to help people. Um, thought that was my, my ticket out of, of corporate. And then I worked a lot with coaches really unraveling the limiting beliefs that kept me thinking that I needed a full-time corporate job to survive. So that's been a huge part of my up-leveling. I can't also think enough the energy healers that I've worked with that have really helped remove some of the energetic baggage from my, my energetic field and my body. That's so cool. I love how you just kind of invested in a lot of different resources to, to figure it out and, and find your path so um, how, how did you stay motivated and focused during this process? So I would say the for the first three years, it was really, I would say, pain-driven. I don't want to be in pain anymore. So what are things I can do to move away from, from pain? And the pain was very clear. I watched my bosses be on call all the time. I watched marriages unravel. I watched... Um, people abusing alcohol, people abusing relationships. And I said, this is not a life I want for myself. So how do I move away from that? So the pain was very motivating um, and saying, I don't want this to be my life. Um, I feel very varsity blues when I say that. I don't want your life. Um, (laughs) But then about three years ago, uh, when I moved to Charlotte and came on the second half of the journey, it was really a move towards. I wanted to speak my voice. I wanted to 
connect with other human beings who saw the world in a more gentle, easeful, restful way that was more kind of accommodating and, and supportive of women. And so I stayed motivated by putting myself in communities uh, of like-minded women. Uh, Pink Mentor Network is where we first met. And um, how do I surround myself with good books, good podcasts, good music um, to to stay focused with women who were on the same journey I was. And over the past six months after I left my job, that sense and requirement of community has just up-leveled. I've met, I've met so many wonderful women who are all in the journey with us. And, you know, they motivate me to stay true to who I am. So it took me a while to figure it out, out but that's been the biggest motivating factor. Awesome. So did you... Um get any pushback from anybody I, I see that you got a lot of you curated a community that offered support did, did anybody kind of offer pushback to you during this process oh everybody did um when I say everybody like mostly men um but like I went I quit drinking for two years um when I started my journey to really say I need to heal myself full body mind soul and you know my I used to work at a company where um, drinking on the clock was not allowed, but drinking right after the clock officially closed was definitely allowed. And people looked at me like, why are you not drinking? Why are you going home? Why are you prioritizing not being here? Um, and I it quickly realized that like when your entire self-worth and community is bound in the people you work with and you start to do something differently that goes against the norms, everyone fights back. And everyone's like, we want to keep you in this overproducing toxic environment because that's good for the bottom line. It's not good for me. Um, so I got pushed back from everyone I worked with at, a, at a, a couple of companies who didn't understand what I would, you know, they're like, you're going to spend your vacation going on a life coach retreat? Why? You're going to leave your job to go do something crazy? Why? How are you going to be successful? So it was a, it was a complete questioning of everyone um, outside of like my immediate friends and family circle, um, that, that was invested in me staying invested in kind of the traditional corporate environment. Interesting. It seems like, yeah, they probably low key were jealous or, you know, by you making these changes, it's kind of shining light on where they're not being true to themselves. And it's much easier to just kind of stay small and scared than, than, trouble the water um yeah i also threatened their their sense of security and safety like if i leave their job gets harder so me leaving threatened their security just as much as it illuminated maybe some of the things they were scared of and that's powerful in and of itself right like especially when you're in a corporate environment you know you finding yourself and your voice is threatening to everyone that works around you 100 <laughs> percent so did you have any other challenges that came up during this process? And if so, how did you overcome them? Um, well, this is why I hired a coach for roughly four years. I, I went through some coach training programs and then I worked with my coach long-term um, because, um, you know, every time you uncover a new layer of yourself, you come up, you run into more roadblocks. Um, even this week, I'm now really struggling with the, the concept of like, I can't really fully claim my voice until I make peace with my body and love my body and embody the fact that my body is enough. 
Um, and that's something I've been struggling with for, for years. So I bumped into all of my limiting beliefs and blocks. Different ones showed up over the course of four years. And so I worked with, I worked with a coach. I have an active journaling practice. I've become really getting into tarot and astrology to help me put some natural order and rhythm around why I might be facing some of these stories at certain times, um, both astrologically, seasonally, and with some, some archetypal frameworks to really help me process through what I'm, what I am learning and working on. That is so cool. Uh, you're the first person to kind of reference that in our interviews. So I love, I love hearing different perspectives and, and tips for kind of healing the healing journey. So do you have any major lessons that you learn that you think um, would benefit others? Like, or any kind of just take home points to share? I think the big lesson is that society is designed to keep us distracted and complacent and that there are companies, you know, maybe a company you work for or a company, you know, companies like Facebook and Google, they're, they, they make money off you being small, staying complacent and, you know, living in, I would say the societal day-to-day comforts. Um, so if there's at any point in time where you can take some silence and sit with your body, notice if you even can connect with your body. Cause for the longest time I couldn't, um, you know, I didn't really, my, my head and my heart and my body were completely disconnected from each other. Cause again, that's, that's what's rewarded to move forward in a traditional environment. How do you connect with your body? How do you connect with your sense of self to know what is coming through when you cut out the noise and cutting out the noise has been really powerful for me in getting to know what my voice was and even being able to distinguish between the voice that's my imposter syndrome voice, the voice that's really mine for my soul and the voices of others that are in my space and in my zone that shouldn't be there. Um, that takes a lot of, it takes, but it takes quiet to do that. And that's something that comes in short trip now that we are all still at home during the pandemic, surrounded by our devices, surrounded by our families. Um, so how can you take some time to get quiet? Yeah, I feel that a hundred percent. So do you have any like specific books or podcasts or resources that you use that you can um, share with others? Yeah, so um, I recommend if anyone hasn't like devoured Brene Brown's connection or collection, they need to do that immediately. Um, that's huge for me um, about thinking through belonging and shame and vulnerability and being an open-hearted leader. That's huge. Um, some of the my my favorite um, podcasts these days are uh, a podcast called Tarot for the Wild Soul and Moonbeaming. Those are, that's one of my favorite astrology podcasts and a tarot podcast that really um, comes at it from a trauma-informed feminist lens about how these archetypes can be used as we live a more justice-filled life. And the book I recommend to everybody that they should read is The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. Uh, it really talks about this upper limit problem of as we, as we grow and as we try to move more toward our zone of genius, we're going to bump into limits along the way that are keeping, that are designed to keep us in our current state. So if we can start to identify what some of those limits are, we can start to acknowledge them and, and continue to operate in our 
highest power. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. And I'm very familiar with Brene to Brown, but I was not familiar with that podcast or book recommendation. So I'll definitely check that out. Well, do you have anything else you'd like to share? No, this has been just a great conversation. I, um, I really, this is a unique point in time where we have the opportunity to examine our lives carefully and decide what's the work we're meant to do in this world, both what sparks us from the inside, but also what are the challenges we see in the world that we can be a part of solving. Um, so this is just this, it's a unique time in the, the liminal space of our lives. So how do we, how do we make the most of it? And that may make the most of it could be just sitting quietly and reflecting and learning and listening just from your inner voice. So how do we take the time to do that? I agree so much. Well, thank you for your time and thanks for sharing your story. Thank you. What you think? Oh, that was a friggin' perfect interview for today. That's crazy how that keeps happening. Like, I don't think we planned that. No, I mean, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> she is so, she, like, oh my God, the quality of the people that have shown up for these interviews is like blows my mind. Oh, yeah. I feel like an amateur when I listen to them. Yeah, but we're, we're <laughs> like, what? how do you know to say those words all together? <laughs> <laughs> But Queen, like, this is, this is like a very real life example of manifesting. It's yeah. like we are being true to ourselves by doing this podcast, this thing we're called to, and mm-hmm. the universe is blessing us. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, straight up. It's, it's very, very true. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, ah, uh, yeah, I'm still like recovering from that awesome interview. Oh, um, it's really good. So the next thing I just wanted to chat about is to kind of tie all of this up is um, just to discuss how embracing your truth impacts manifesting. Mm -hmm. And I love that you just gave me like a great example (laughs) of, um, you know, we embracing us embracing our truth and then becoming magnetic to receive awesome guests on interview guests. Right. Um. I, I guess I'll go ahead and jump into yeah, this do one. It. I I think that in by embracing your truth, you are transforming yourself energetically. It's kind of like a a hack, a vibe increase hack. If you can like start leaning into your truth, you're automatically going to turn the dial up for your vibrational frequency, which mm-hmm. is going to make you attract the things that are on that next vibrational level. Yeah. Um, I think that embracing your truth helps reduce resistance in all forms, whether it's like the depression, anxiety kind of resistance, Mm -hmm. like just in general, it it helps you create momentum and like have like more flow and joy Mm -hmm. and all the good things in life. The more that you try to tap into those things, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that like all your problems are going to be solved. No. Yeah. No. Definitely not. That's not the, that's going to happen. You're still, you're still going to get, you're going to get tests. You're going to have mountains to climb Mm -hmm. and 
as you live your life, mm-hmm. we don't ever arrive, you know, yeah, but no, I think never arrive. I think that it's a way by leaning into your truth, embracing your truth, like doing the things that light you up, all that, all that stuff. It, it helps you to just kind of reduce the noise so that you can hear, hear your inner voice more. And it helps you connect with yourself more the more you do it the more your connection with yourself and others is enhanced Mm -hmm. does that make sense like can you elaborate on that uh i just keep having this visual of a highway yeah and a traffic jam Mm -hmm. and when you embrace your truth it's when you're not what causes traffic jams like accidents yeah and what causes accidents most of the time it's external circumstances or conditions like the weather or you're distracted because you're on your phone. I mean, accidents can happen just really just for no reason. But for the most part, you're you're not keeping your eyes on the road. Yeah. And that's why you have an accident. The accident causes the pileup. Yeah. Then the pileup causes the slowdown and then the slowdown causes all of that. So I feel like it's the same thing with manifesting. If you keep your eyes on the prize, which is the truth. Yeah. Your truth then traffic's going to move f- fluidly and at the right speed and you're going to be able to focus and everything's just going to be very like a river is going to flow. Yeah. But if you like get distracted with society and and you get off that path of what's really your, your truth, the highway. Yeah. Then it's going to be a jam and it's going to block the manifesting. Manifesting is, is a magnet. Like you said, like it, it's just a shift, like, your problems don't go away, but it's a shift in the way your problems are solved. Yeah. Your problems become solved now when you learn how to manifest, when you learn how to stay in your in your worth and, and, and be in your truth. Your problems are solved for you. You attract the solution. Yes. It comes to you. Yeah. You don't have to go out and get it. Yeah. It, it gets delivered to you. Oh, I love that. And that's what manifesting is. Exactly. That's like the de- definition of it. Exactly. You know? It's like you're not strong arming. You're not acting your way into yeah. getting something. You're not. Right. It, yeah. It's it's certainly not that the problems go away. It's just that the solution is delivered rather than you having to or feeling like you need to go out and get it. So, yeah, I think when you embrace it, it just cuts down on all that buildup and traffic jam. And it just allows you to live a smoother, more cohesive, less stressful version of your life. Which helps you attract better things. Yeah, because like what she said and what we said earlier was similar is uh, you have space and quiet. Yeah. In order to really be clear and have that level of clarity. And, and that's not coming from a survival instinct or a reaction instinct. It's just coming from a genuine, like, baseline that all is well. Yeah. And so then the highway can, like, you can just get there. Mm-hmm. Versus when you're constantly in this place of denying yourself. Yeah. It's a traffic jam. It's energetically, it's a traffic jam. And so your package can't get to you. Love it. Or it'll get there, but it'll be delayed. <laughs> or, you know, it'll be like, you'll get a bunch of texts like it's coming, but it got stopped here. Yeah. Versus like that thing's overnight, baby. <laughs> coming to you. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I, I really truly believe that when you lean into your truth through like 
against all odds. Like mm-hmm. when you really like you're the the kid that is the vegan and the dairy farmer family mm-hmm. example. Like that's that's pretty big, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Like that's really scary. Your whole tribe, everyone you love, could reject you mm-hmm. if you're the one vegan person in the yeah. Mm-hmm. So like the bigger the bigger the hurdle that you are overcoming in honor of your truth, mm-hmm. the bigger the reward on the other side right. every fucking time. Yeah, it's and, true. Like, I'm not in a in a place right now to like articulate like the science behind it or why. I can just say with like full confidence because I've been through it enough. Like when you push through in honor of yourself and your truth, like it just always it you always manifest something and it's usually something even bigger than better than what i could have even imagined mm-hmm. um but i think that i guess really the only thing way that i can make sense of it is that you know when you are able to communicate on a vibrational frequency of trust yeah like, trust that is yeah. uh, that's like right next to love like trust mm-hmm. and love are like best buds they you know are. yeah they are and so like when you're tuned onto that frequency of trust even if you don't know how the hell you're going to get over this big obstacle that stands between you and honoring your truth but you just keep dialing it up and just leaning into the trust part Mm -hmm. that that might be the thing the attraction point it will yeah if you don't trust yourself how can the universe trust you well you're not going to get blessed if you don't honor your truth yeah it's like the amazon warehouse is like that has your package and you're or you're trying to order it but you can't give like an address so it's like, well, as soon as you give me an address, I can get it to you. Yeah. But you don't have that relationship with yourself that's firm enough to trust to say, this is where I live. This is where I am. Yeah. So the package can't get there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Love. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. So I guess the only other thing I wanted to discuss before we shut this down is uh, <laughs> like, what are some steps to connect with your truth? Okay, my steps are, let me see what I put. I know mine have to do with being in your body. Uh, just because this this is just, these are my recommendations. Yeah. So my recommendation, first of all, is what we talked about earlier, instinctually getting into your body and out of your head. So start to honor your body's natural rhythms. So um, honor your appetites is mm-hmm. what I put. So Love. we have an appetite for sleep. Honor that. We have an appetite for sex. That's a that's a baseline thing. And maybe we don't have an appetite for it's honoring whatever your appetite is telling you. Yeah. Okay. Um at, honor your appetite for food and water and honor your appetite for movement versus rest. So when your body says move, move. When your body says rest, rest. So this is this I love this because you're taking like this is a really good place to begin mm-hmm. because you're just learning how to hear your needs and and meet them. And I'm also challenging people who think that they know what this means. Yeah, because I can't. I'm I don't know. Americans <laughs> specifically, I'm challenging all of you out there, diet culture and all this that you're like. I eat at 12 o'clock and I do this and that's fine. And if that's what your body's telling you to do, then great. But if you're, you know, there are people who wake up at five o'clock in the morning and they need to go do CrossFit or run 20 miles 
And for some people, that is what their body really is telling them to do. And for other people, they're forcing their bodies to do that. Yeah. And that's not honoring your truth. Love it. Then that's why I'm, I'm, it's not just a, it is a beginning stage, but I think it can apply to wherever you are. But I think it's a good, like palatable way that anybody can do without, you don't need the internet. You don't need a coach. You don't need anything. No, you're just here in your body. Yep. So honor those things. You know, when you want to get frisky up at your, with your person, partner, yourself. Yeah. Do it. I mean, I think one of the biggest challenges is like learning how to identify your truth. Right. And these are like very like factual, tangible ways. Mm-hmm. Like you feel hunger. That's a tangible Correct. thing. It's all physical. Yeah. It's getting out of your mental and yeah. into your physical, which is the, our bodies are made of the earth, you know? Yeah. So we're literally connected to the earth and the air and the water and the ground around us because that's what our bodies are made of. Yeah. So when you're in your body, you can be grounded. And when you're grounded, you can have space and clarity of, of understanding when the wind blows. What does that mean? You know, before there was all these things, civilizations flourished off these, off these rituals of, of honoring the earth and the rhythms of the moon and the sun and the crops are, the farmer's almanacs are based around the moon. Yeah. And the moon cycles. So there's a lot to this. You know, you have to really understand your body. Yeah. You got to get in your body. Get out of your head. Get in your body. Don't deny your sexual stuff, especially women with body issues, men with body, anybody with body. Don't just, just trust me on this one. Just try to lean into it. Even if it's just by yourself. If you feel an urge, explore it. Yeah. Very important to keep yourself connected in that way. Yeah. Being intimate with yourself, loving yourself, learning yourself, what you like, what you don't like. Very important, in my opinion. I mean, it's an energy that we all have. It's an appetite. Yeah. It's an appetite. Sometimes you're hungry. Sometimes you're not. Yeah. But the point, sometimes you're ravish, like you, and sometimes you're insatiable. And sometimes you're like, I don't need to eat for three or four days, five, <laughs> six, seven months, whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But honor it. And, and so many times people don't, and they feel like, you know, they have shame around it or they don't, you know, they're too in their head. We get too in our head. Yeah. So get out of your head to learn your truth. Get out of your head is my first piece of advice for action. And then, um, honor the four agreements once you, once you get through the appetites. So for me, uh, the four agreements are be truthful with your word. So if you want to honor your truths, just start to practice when you say something, mean it or don't say it. And that's from a book, right? This is from a book called The Four Agreements. Yeah. But, you know, my little spin on the explanation is if you say something, you should mean it. And it's like kind of that old saying, like, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all. Kind of like take a moment before you say something out loud to really practice meaning what you say. Yeah. Um, And that'll help you connect with your truth because Mm -hmm. you'll stop fluffing. You won't say things just for the sake of hearing yourself talk. Like I'm kind of not just kidding. (laughs) This is very much a practice for me too. Like it's, it's something that I'm working on a lot, but um, you know, when you, when you communicate, it'll hopefully eliminate a lot of passive aggressiveness and confusion and codependency. It's just like, just even if it kind of sounds blunt and, and a little kind of, bumpy it's okay just say it yeah and your people will be be gentle with yourself your people will be gentle with you along this ride the second thing is don't take anything personally 
<laughs> also will help you connect with your truth because once again, then all of a sudden it's not about them. You got to understand who you are. And if you're constantly distracted with other people's opinions of you, how can you know how you really feel? Yes. So don't take shit personal. Yeah. I don't like your hair. I don't. Oh, thank you that you gave me. I don't, I don't need your opinion on my hair today. I like my hair today. Because if you're embracing your truth and somebody is lashing back at you, it's not personal. It's not personal. When you're in tune with your own truth, whatever they say is is their truth, not yours. Yep. And you can accept that and, you know, move on. Uh, don't make assumptions. Get out of your head once again. Stop trying to assume other people's truths. Huh. Just don't worry about their truth. Let them have their own truth. You have yours. Yeah. Don't Don't assume. And then always do your best. So whatever you're doing in your day-to-day life, just do it. whatever your best is at that day, in that moment, in that time. If you can give 10, give 10. If you can give 100, give 100. If you can give 0.5, give point. If you can give zero, give zero. Yeah. Just do your your personal version of your best. And if you stick to these things, it'll, it'll help you really stay clear in that truth um, path. And then just to circle in on what we talked about, Practice surrendering your expectations of other people, period. And then practice, and of yourself, and then practice acceptance of others and yourself. Yeah. If you don't expect things from people in a way that you you have this sort of need for them to fill your cup. Yeah. Then you won't be disappointed when they don't, and then you have no one to really be with but yourself in that. Yeah. And then you know how you feel. Yep. And you can accept it. (laughs) You just blew me away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, really, I don't have much to add except, you know, just to pay attention to what you pay attention to. That's Mm. that's a good place to start when it comes to that. I love when you say that kind of shit, man, because it's (laughs) I'm like I'm like, duh, (laughs) but I I don't ever think of it that way. And when you say like again, back to that, like when you say listen to what lights you up. I just feel so like held by that notion that you are such you Morgan, y'all, you are one of the only friends I have that I not only that's not true. You are a very present source of this for me in my daily life is what I want to say. I feel like so held by you. Right back at you. But but I feel like you are encouraging constantly this thing. Pay attention to what you like, what you pay attention. Just, just, it's okay. Well, I mean, it seems so elementary, but it's okay. But I want, I want this to be as easy as possible for everyone. I want everyone to have everything they've ever wanted and more. I know you do. And for me, it's like, what, how can we simplify this and make it palatable so that like we can share the good world with our homies, you know, the good word with our homies. Yeah. So just start with looking at what excites you. Look at what you look at, you know, and if it's something that lights you up, then put that on the list of things and then do more of that. And, and simultaneously start to think about like what it was that made you quit. Like what was the lie that was told to you that made you quit Mm -hmm. honoring this part of your truth? Mm -hmm. And then you, there's a million ways to reprogram that lie. You can hire a coach. You can work with a therapist. You can do guided meditations. There's a bunch of different ways to kind of work through 
you know, I first identifying where where the cause was that came that made you hide that part of yourself or not lean into it. And then once you've done that reprogram and reprogramming looks like, you know, maybe just do getting or starting to meditate and envision that moment and rewriting that narrative in your head. Or maybe it looks like the next time an opportunity comes along and you've, your default has always been like, I can't, I can't embrace this part of myself. I'm going to get rejected instead. Just do it. Mm-hmm. And, and enough of that, you're going to reintegrate that part of your truth back in your life. Mm-hmm. And it's going to help you up your vibe and attract more good things. Yeah. I, this show, really quickly, this show that I saw once, she was a comedian and she came up with new, she had been successful for 30 years and she came up with a new routine and she bombed. She totally bombed. The crowd hated it. All her fans hated it. And when she came off stage, but she had really worked hard on coming up and creating new material for her last show. Yeah. And what you just said is what happened. When she came off stage, the girl said, how do you feel? And she said, I bombed. And she's like, oh, man. She's like, I feel freaking awesome. Yeah. Because she just did it. Yeah. Because that was her truth. Yeah. And I promise you guys listening, if you just trust that, you might still fail. (laughs) It doesn't mean the first time that you put yourself out there that you're going to just like totally succeed. Maybe you will, but you might fail, but you will feel amazing. Freedom. You'll feel free. You're no longer tethered by this like limiting belief, this like false reality, this fear. Yeah. And then it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. You, the, there's nothing. The sky's the limit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do it. Well, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thanks and for joining. Check out our Instagram manifesting underscore with underscore MM. We put a lot of good uh, content on there to kind of supplement our episodes. Yeah. Check it out. All righty. Adios.